If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the sensuous sounds of infosec where we discuss all things information all things security and all things information security i'm ben malazo and i'm matt snotty and i'm rafael feature and gentlemen we're gonna take a jump in the river again because we want to feel the current the current <laughs> events oh jeez <laughs> you'll never give up will you well it's, I, you know Hey, this is as close to being a parent as I'll ever get. Dad jokes. You used to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? Oh, H. I, I used to be able to like bend my knees too. You know, yeah. that's that's a thing of the past. Yeah, I can still do that. They just they just crack and uh, and, and grumble at me nowadays. I used to be able to read. Uh, now, I, now, I, unless I got some something riding on my nose, there's, it's impossible to read any. I can see things at a distance, great, but up close, not a chance, not a chance. I need my glasses even to to put a screw into my laptop. How sad is that? That is sad. And I've even why do you need to put screws into your laptop? Well, they that's fall out just... on a regular basis. Okay, well, <laughs> well, I see. I'm running a diesel-powered laptop. <laughs> That's how old this thing is, and parts just fly off it occasionally. And the funny thing is, I actually went online and I, and I bought myself a box of screws the other day. Something I never thought I'd have to do because I have enough screws from enough laptops somewhere. I just don't know where the hell they are. <laughs> That's always the dilemma. Oh, I'm going to so save this. For, I'm going to save this for a time I might need it in the future, and then when you need it, you can't find it again. So, I don't know where yeah. it's at. Yeah. I don't know where it's at. You know. So we moved a year ago. I'm still discovering where I put stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think, Rafti, you have a story you want to share first and foremost. Go ahead. Get to it. Yeah. It's a very, very current story. It's uh, it's almost breaking, but like oh, it good. got Ooh. resolved. It got Ooh. resolved like basically today. Um, but yesterday from when, when we were recording, um, like a pretty big YouTuber, uh, Linus Sebastian with um, Linus Tech Tips, um, his main account and two of his sub accounts got hacked. And like, I realized this when I was flooded with Tesla videos for some reason, like there was a live stream. And so you put it up in front and it was like with this red circle. And I saw Elon Musk talking about stuff. And I'm like, what is happening here is is like, did Tesla now start buying YouTube ads? Because like, I have YouTube premium um, and I don't remember subscribing to the Tesla channel. Like what happened here? And apparently Linus Tech Tips got hacked and got like changed into uh, a Tesla channel uh, for some time before they were able to shut it down. So, hmm. so I just so I understand Linus Tech Tips is something that you do subscribe to. Exactly. And that's, and that's why it was featured prominently on your splash page for YouTube. Yeah, okay. absolutely. 
And, and is he pretty well followed? He's one of those YouTubers that got millions of followers or something. <laughs> I don't. I, I actually don't know if it's millions, but I think so. Like okay. he has, he has a very good business. Like, um, he does not do videos if they don't uh, theoretically can make like a million views. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so the hacker was a musk propagandist that was the big end state of the hack now, now as much as i like elon okay <laughs> one i don't think he needs many more ads I, you know i think he can afford to buy his own and two that just doesn't seem funny enough i mean if you're gonna hack something shouldn't you have an end state in mind a goal that is a little bit more prominent a little bit more disconcerting yeah. or fun i'm thinking of the max headroom Yes. Uh, video from Chicago in the 1980s where they took over the the, the airways for like t you know five minutes or something like that and it was just some guy in a max headroom costume uh saying rude things on 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 TV <laughs> that that's what was I'm talking so about yeah you know do <laughs> do something splashy do something you know fun now, so the video itself I think the reason they picked musk and the reason they picked Tesla so one Ben just so you know I think Tesla fairly famously does not have a budget for marketing they don't do any marketing it's us talking about them that's the marketing um second thing i just looked Wanna it up Bia has the same budget we we you know <laughs> very good <laughs> me and elon we're geniuses like that you know i i feel the same way yeah i'll, I'll, I'll throw in network therapists also it's all <laughs> it's all from people talking about us not us actually yeah it's all the money. buzz that we get it's all the the notoriety that we have the cult of personality yeah LTT has 15.3 million subscribers, just because you asked oh, how much. Just yeah, a few and, more than TSSOI. <laughs> well done. And, um, and in regards to the video, I think the video itself was a recording of Elon Musk talking about Bitcoin. And the link in the description of the live chat was to a website where they told you to send them your Bitcoin and you will like double the amount back oh, oh okay okay so it's just a grift it wasn't even yeah. it wasn't even a lark it wasn't even a joke it was just we spent all this effort getting into linus's thing now we're going to use it as a staging ground for our own bankman fried-esque scam okay fried-esque okay. <laughs> well i don't know about that but it's it's of course yeah very very much like um they they like showed you well we already paid those addresses so much and stuff like that and of course it was just moving money around like i don't even know if they were legit but if they would have been of course you don't know with the bitcoin address who the, it's associated to so you can just stay on the chain you can look and verify yourself and in actuality it's just you moving money from one of your wallets to another of your wallets and claiming well that was me and you should transfer to this wallet but the other thing was me too so because of bitcoin course. wallets don't cost anything it's a made off thing um yeah. all right so so linus having 15 million subscribers should have some significant security or at least more than a modicum of my password is nine characters long how the hackers get in you said that uh recently linus shared with the world what occurred do tell yeah. rafi digest it so for our three listeners yeah, no. So apparently, um, Linus Media Group, it's like 100 people or so, and their marketing department got an email 
and they open the attachment. They, as far as he's told, um, did their due diligence. The email address looked okay. And they, of course, like if you send stuff, you typically get in PDF and you open the PDF and check it. Um, and uh, apparently the PDF uh, executed a script like when it was opened, that made a copy of the whole browser of that person and send it back out. And what they were then able to do was with the session tokens um, of that browser to just open up the website and be logged in already. So they had, did not have the password. They did not have the 2FA. They did not have anything from of that. They just it's had the session tokens. Uh, a session hijacking or cross-site scripting attack where you're just copying some JSON files from the browser itself. Yeah. And because the browser was somebody who belonged to the marketing department and has a communications degree, they they had all their windows and tabs open all at the same time and they were all business accounts and there was no security in anything, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Apparently. Uh, yeah, all right. No, and and so he got the call at three o'clock in the morning. And <laughs> um, if I think Ben, you said you will put the video in the show notes. It's funny. Yeah. Um, he's he's going there. It's blurred out, but he he's clearly like getting out of bed naked and sitting in front of the <laughs> uh, of the like computer trying to figure out what happened. Changing his passport, changing like updating two FA and stuff like that. But because they had the session token and because Alliance Media Group is so big, I don't know if they knew how to clear and like log out everywhere and stuff like that, or if this was even possible. Uh, but very interesting, very interesting. Um, did, did they have a backup of their catalog of their YouTube, their normal YouTube videos that they could restore to? Could they could they purge the scam shit and then restore their their previous stuff? See, well, this is the thing where he's like, um, and and this is something that I, I like about Linus when and <laughs> why I subscribe to him. Um, he when he has to deal with stuff like that, he understands that he has 15 million subscribers. He has a company, and he so he can call YouTube and they fix it for him. And <laughs> I unsubscribed from from that Tesla channel, and I was surprised today when I logged back in that I'm still subscribed to Linus Tech Tips. So they rolled everything back. But what he said is, yeah. uh, but he would have had backups. Like he, like does this is content for him displaying how he does backups and stuff like that. Um, so fairly sure he would have backups. But of course, like all the views would have been gone and everything. And so all the YouTube did the rollback. And all the different friends. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. And, and, and I like that. I like what you said because that's exactly where my mind went to. If I lost my three videos on YouTube, okay, I'm out of luck. But when you got 15 million subscribers, YouTube's gonna make a little bit of an effort to support you. They want that content there. They want their subscribers happy, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But of course, what I like about him is then he says, like, this has been fairly and fairly like easy attack, so to speak. Like they did not realize it. And apparently this has been happening for quite a lot of people on YouTube as already. And um, for him, it's able to do this rollback. Like he's able to do that. He can call somebody. But if you're a smaller channel um, with maybe 50,000 subscribers, that's already something you've built, already a community you've built. Maybe it's very like they, they support you somewhere else or stuff like that. So maybe you can already have a living on that. Uh, but YouTube, you don't have anybody to call, you know, mm -hmm. and it would take months. And if this is where you make your money, 
going months without any income, that's hard. And so what he's saying is uh, he was very much pushing for stuff like if um, like you delete one video, maybe it's okay to not have like being prompted for a password. But on his channels, they deleted uh, hundreds of videos. And what he's like, YouTube needs to get their security game a little bit up. So maybe have like uh, a second factor or something prompted. Well, to, you know, we just got done talking do about that. all these fancy AIs and all this predictive heuristics and all that shit. How come that AI isn't going, wait a second, this 15 million subscriber company <laughs> is deleting hundreds of videos. Maybe Absolutely. I should alert somebody or, or, or <laughs> you know, this is, that's sort of the kind of level of stuff that you flag, you know, it's, it's. Absolutely. You know, yeah. 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 Yeah, because 15 million subscribers, I'm not sure exactly how that translates into dollars, but that's probably six figures per month that they're making from, from YouTube. You know, $100,000, $200,000 a month with that many subscribers. I mean, that's a, a, a big old chunk of change. And because that revenue is based on the ad revenue that YouTube is generating off those 15 million subscribers every month. Right. That's right. YouTube's rice bucket too, right? Right. right. So yeah. Absolutely. If they're if they're paying Linus, you know, a hundred thousand, then they're making another four hundred or five hundred thousand off of the uh, off the yeah. ads. So yeah, they want to keep that that gravy train rolling as well. And Linus is Linus is quite correct. Then they should have automated part of that alerting process. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off, yeah. Matt. Oh no, I, I was just going to bring up the semantics of the word hack because uh, Rafty keeps using the word hack over and over again. Oh, sorry. And yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, 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 to debate whether it was actually a hack or whether it was a compromise event or, or an incident or something like that. Because uh, I'm very touchy when it comes to, to hacking because <laughs> I consider myself a hacker. <laughs> and they I hacked the, negative the users. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They hacked and, Adobe. You know, I mean, I, I, under, I think I understand your delineation here. They didn't hack anybody's machine per se. They right. just introduced a situation where the machine could assist them in their access to the victim's YouTube account, right? right. Is that kind right. of the way you're perceiving it? Yeah, yeah. In other words, the account was compromised, but it wasn't necessarily as a result of YouTube itself being hacked or, or, or a certain computer getting uh, you know, uh, compromised or, or, or attacked in a certain way. It was just somebody got socially engineered to open up a, uh, uh, an email, which is what this always comes back to. And why the fuck does PDF have the capability of running scripts like that? Every document has the capability of running scripts now. Word documents, Excel documents, PDFs. I'm surprised plain old TXT files don't have that ability yet, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> <clears throat> Which of course, like uh, going into this, like I sometimes open up emails um, for saving, of course, um, and how I deal with that, of course, is for one, um, the security software, for instance, Portmaster installed on my device um, and certain programs just not being allowed to to exit out into the Internet. And on the other hand, like if I do actual support mails, I just have it open in a VM. Mm. and not have it on my main machine and like the vm yes, but you're a freak of nature Rafty. most of us <laughs> normal people see now when i open up a pdf i'm only expecting the thing to have some words and pictures in it i'm not expecting it to be able to do stuff it's not a utility it's not an app it's just the, the display function right the fact that that's built in bugs the living crap out of me 
Yeah, well, if you think about it, I mean, think about how complex PDFs have become. They're, they're, they aren't just documents anymore. They, they are fillable forms that can actually submit from within the PDF itself. Um, there are hyperlinks. There's all kinds of things that a PDF can do because, because the 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 general public has has demanded it of these of these types of documents. I disagree. I don't really think at no point was I using PDF saying I need you to allow me to digitally sign this thing within your program so that I can submit it to my housing authority or some bullshit like that. Well, I never ask them to have a lookup capability where if I highlight something, it brings up a thesaurus from an online database and gives me four alternate words. I never needed that. I never wanted that. Well, I think that, what that, they did is they added don't. all these bells and whistles on top of it and said, here, isn't this delicious? You never wanted it, but that doesn't mean 99 million other people didn't want it because there's lots of people that, that use PDFs like Word documents and Excel documents for lots of different ways besides how just Ben Maliso down in Louisiana wants to do do his uh, order for his crawfish boil or, you know, wants to, <laughs> <laughs> wants to scan his, his loan Get documents it. or something like that. But it's really funny, though, because PDFs don't have the few basic functions that I do want them to have. Like, you know, um, uh, uh, allow me to just start typing within the PDF where I want to type within the mm -hmm. PDF without having to log in to your cloud-based uh, auth uh, authentication backend, you know? Yeah, because uh, then it becomes very, very close to a word processor, and that <laughs> becomes competition. Well, if you got a thesaurus, you're 80% <laughs> of the way there already. It's like the reason that Camaro and Corvette Chevrolet makes two cars that are very similar, but the Camaro will never be as fast as the Corvette because the Corvette is always the uh, uh, the halo car of the of the yeah. lineup. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, so um thank you for bringing that to us. That's pretty awesome, and we will put the link in the show notes. Uh, Matt, did you have a current event you wanted to discuss? Oh, I've always you had got a shout out, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to uh, mention uh, a friend of mine, Brent Law, who lives here in central Kentucky, who reached out to me after hearing our episode on starting a business about a month ago or, or six weeks ago or however long ago it was. Um, it's not an ent ent entirely organic thing. I've actually known Brent for about 12 or 13 years. Um, he was a fellow <laughs> car guy. Uh, and I got to know him from the car scene, from racing and stuff like that. He was in college when I knew him, uh, but we hadn't talked to each other in, in quite a while, eight or nine years probably. Um, but Brent had listened to our uh, episode on starting a business. And he, and next thing you know, I'm getting a text message from him. And I was like, holy shit, I haven't heard from Brent in forever. And he's like, hey, are you available for lunch? I want to talk about starting a business. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's go do it. So Brent's about 30 years old now, or I, I'm guessing, I don't know for sure. He's married uh, out of college, obviously um has has done his time in the in the tech world he's, he's moving up in the cybersecurity world and he and i went out and had lunch and he was like i think i'm ready to uh start considering starting my own business and i wanted to talk to you about how you did it and of course i was like yeah absolutely i'm, I'm a huge proponent of starting your own business i don't know if he's actually going to go through with it he's got some other um, uh, irons in the fire so to speak he's starting another new job big cybersecurity guy at a, at a bank uh he just took a role on there but anyways um um Oh, I'd say somebody actually listened to our episode and then <laughs> asked me out to lunch because of it. So, Brent, Brent, I'm so sorry, man. I, I did not mean to do this to you. I apologize. And Brent, if Matt offers you some of his clientele, those are the crappy customers he wants to get rid of. Make him pay you a premium to take his crappy customers off of his hands. Oh, Brent, I'm so sorry. Now, here's the good news, Brent. 
there's no chance at all that your employers listen to this show. So they're not going to look at you as scans <laughs> for, for wanting to maybe leave their employee and go start your own thing. That's okay. Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. I'm really yeah. glad to hear that. I, I hope it works out really well. I hope we can support Brent and his new venture. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Be, it'd be neat to have him on at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, he he's a great guy and he, uh, super smart, and he's got uh, all kinds of interesting stories and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely in the next few months. I'd like to see where 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 life takes him and and where he ends up. And and yeah, definitely have him on to talk about his experiences. That would be very cool. I I'd, I'd yeah. like to to see where that goes. A modern business starting up uh, post. Mm -hmm pandemic and and how it is and and what the business world is like for a, a fledgling cybersecurity provider yeah. um now we can have him on the show but i know he's from kentucky so can he form full sentences is that a <sighs> brother okay i'm yes. just curious i'm, yes. just curious. I'm very good yes. all right all because right, i <laughs> because i have to answer thanks, you thanks for listening uh yes <laughs> uh all right and uh, matt was there another do you want a current event or something like that oh uh oh gosh uh, we, we we have a discord thread where where all of us who who host this show kind of fire off stories and stuff like that and i can't uh and, and i turned off my bluetooth on my laptop so i can't use my mouse right now and pull it back up to see what all i had said <laughs> and you open a pdf modern problems yeah i'm sure that if somebody sent me a pdf they would be able to pull it up for me it's probably uh, voice actuated yeah. open pdf um i can't think of uh i i, I can't remember um I, I know that you had sent something about oh you you had sent the article about the afro man oh yeah uh, yeah this is my favorite okay okay i want to talk about this one so recently in the past few months afro man the the singer and performer um had his home raided by a combination of uh, law enforcement entities uh, who were ostensibly serving a warrant uh, uh, to investigate Afro Man for drug trafficking and other charges to include kidnapping. Now, I know very little about Afro Man. Uh, you know, he had one song that was kind of catchy and popular for a while that was just ubiquitous. And yes, I liked it and, until I heard it <laughs> the th thousandth time, you know. Because um, I got high. Because I got high, you know. And, and I don't know anything about Afro Man as a person. But uh, one of the things that I found really fascinating is when this occurred, Afro Man's home had many security cameras operating on it across the property, some external, some internal. And they captured the activities of the law enforcement agents as they uh, entered the property. And when I say entered the property, law enforcement did this in what we used to call in the military in a kinetic manner, meaning... <laughs> They broke as much shit as possible to gain access to the home. Um, they they broke the gate leading to the driveway. They uh, they they kicked in the front door, and did a bunch of other kind of havoc inducing stuff. Now Afro Man was not home when they did this. Afro Man's I think wife and mother in law and a couple of kids were in the home while law enforcement did this. And instead of law enforcement knocking on the door or ringing from the gate and saying, hey, we'd like to come in and serve this warrant, they scared the crap out of Afro Man's family while they did their kinetic entry. 
which is kind of par for the course for U.S. law enforcement. Now, it, on the good side of things, they did not come in guns blazing and shoot everybody in the home. So that's that's one good thing. <laughs> but you can guarantee if they saw a weapon, they would Or definitely... a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would, they would have lit the place up, right? Yeah. 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 So what Afferman did, and I find this one of the most admirable uses of the First Amendment ever, is he, he sampled all the video from the various cameras as law enforcement entered the property and searched the home and cut it into a brand new song that he created about the situation. That is and it, perfect. Oh, and it immediately became one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, there's there's one sequence and there's a bit of lyrics where they show a rather rotund sheriff's deputy flipping through cupcakes on <laughs> Afroman's kitchen counter. And Afroman's lyric is, hey, how much marijuana did you find in my cupcakes? Did you find any missing kids hiding in my cupcakes? Because you know, the, the drug and kidnapping charges, right? Right. And um, the kind of icing on the cupcake is that when um, the charges were eventually dropped because they found nothing in Afroman's home which to indict him, they failed to return at least $5,000 in cash that they had seized from the property. Civil forfeiture. Yeah. See, okay, Rafti, I'm not sure you're familiar with the vagaries of U.S. law, but the way that some things work is certain kinds of property can be seized by law enforcement prior to indictment prior to conviction and even without an indictment or a conviction law enforcement can keep that stuff permanently if the owner does not reclaim it back or or go through the process of reclaiming it back this is where the process becomes part of the punishment itself um, uh, regardless of innocence or guilt and a lot of u.s law enforcement entities are able to keep those funds for themselves. They don't go into the general fund of the state where the legislature expends them. The police get to keep money that they take. So there's a huge incentive for police to go and seize money from suspected drug dealers or anyone else who may make money in a sort of gray market opportunity. It's a way, among other things, law enforcement can prey on illegal immigrants because those communities usually don't have tax ID, they've earned the money under the table. They're not going to go claim that money and try to say, yes, that's legally earned. So the cops get to keep it. So here's the kicker. That happened a few months ago. The reason this is a current event is yesterday an article came out uh, from Afroman's uh, uh, news reporting district that Several law enforcers and law enforcement agencies are now suing Afro Man over the song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are claiming defamation and uh, attacks on character and loss of professional status because they're being mocked both as law enforcement entities and as individuals for their actions portrayed in the footage of the video that Afferman released with the song. Yep. <laughs> so is the song still 
online because I haven't yeah. seen. Oh, it. we're okay. definitely including that link on, on the show notes <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, as well. far as I as, as far as I know, I, this is one of those things. It immediately went viral, so I really doubt they can put the genie back in the bottle. Um, I think they're <laughs> looking for effect. money. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so so to summarize, so Afroman's house got raided. He videotaped the raid with his own cameras using his own uh, storage media. Uh, the the wreckage that was occurring and the uh, of course the the mental uh, uh, you know scaring and, and and stuff like that of his family and you know uh, wife and kids and stuff like that. And he tries to make lemonade out of this big lemon that he's got, and he gets sued because his lemonade <laughs> is. <laughs> Uses and go down it's well. too tart. <laughs> the lemonade is too tart. It's too sour. Right. They wanted yeah. him to add some more sugar to it. Uh-huh. Yes, a- as of now, Afro Man's official site, OG Afro Man on YouTube, has the song uh, featured prominently. It's got 3.4 million views. It was posted two months ago. Um, now, I am not a lawyer. <laughs> Uh, I am just a nerd on a podcast um, and a loud one, and I cannot possibly fathom how in the world the law enforcement entities and the individual cops have any ground to stand on, any legal standing whatsoever, in order to make this suit. Um, Yeah, they were acting in a professional capacity as, as law enforcement, and they happened to be videotaped. I mean, what did they expect? Uh you know, we we we've we've already got law and and precedent in videotaping police officers at public events and things like that. You know, you're you're allowed to tape a cop in every state, and multiple findings by courts in almost every state telling cops, yes, you can be videoed, and yes, citizens can post that video online or do whatever the hell they want with it. If you're yeah. in public, you're fair game, cop, just like yeah. everybody else. The same way that cops can use. ATM cameras, uh, traffic cameras, they can use publicly uh, uh, placed cameras to record suspects or innocent citizens out in public um, and use that for their purposes too. That's that's the way freedom of expression works. Anyone can video anyone else. Now, the add the extra bit of salt to it, this was Afro-Man's fucking property. Right, right. It was his home. Yeah, it's not like he went out and sought out cops to to make uh, illicit videos about. They yeah, they came to his house, knocked down his his walls and his doors, and and scared his family, and <laughs> ate his cupcakes apparently. Yeah, <laughs> if he had I, left I, the cupcakes I, alone, that you know, Afroman might uh, might never have even done this. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was pound pound cake, pound, pound, okay, cake, pound cake, which is a okay. funnier lyric, by the way. It's it's yeah, I. I just I I can't fathom it. And you know, if they wanted to wear masks, masks, I guess they could have worn masks. You know, yeah, very common. Um, yeah, and uh, it's also common for uh, police and public um, if they notice someone is videotaping them to start playing copyrighted music out of a speaker somewhere on their their person, so that if that video gets to something like YouTube, it gets struck for copyright infringement. Um, that's because the algorithm will often, yeah, yeah, the DMCA helps assist them in that effort, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, now that wouldn't have worked in this case because he he used his own <laughs> right. audio. Right. Um, I I just I I'm I'm so first of all I'm 
happy that the police seem to be upset by Afro man's actions. I'm glad that it seems to have harmed them in some way, even if it's just emotional harm. Because what they did was harmful to him and his family with no uh, crime evidently apparent. And therefore, I would like them to feel the sting of that. And this indicates to me the fact that they're suing means they're pissed off. They're mm -hmm. upset in some fashion. So that that pleases me. What displeases me is that they think they can use the courts to either seek remedy, which seems silly, but to stifle him and to harm him upon the harm they've already caused to him and his family. That seems incredibly disproportionate and ugly to me. Um, yeah. Um, and I wonder if, well, of course, in the United States, anybody can sue anybody, anybody sure, else sure. over anything. So sure. there's, there's always a chance that the lawsuit will get tossed out before it ever even goes anywhere by because the judge takes a look at it and says, no, on its face, this is a, a First Amendment issue or something like that. No, we're, we're not even going to do that. Um, and, and I would imagine that even if it goes forward, that the First Amendment is going to have a huge amount of uh, uh, to, to, to do with uh, Afroman's ability to, to, to create and, and broadcast this, this type of stuff. Although I do wonder, had he done taken any effort to like put black bars or blur the faces of the, the 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 law enforcement officers who were doing this if that would have stifled any possible uh or or negated any any possible lawsuit that, that could have come in other words if he had protected the the identity of the police officers before he had released the video i wonder if that would have had any any difference um and, and the answer is we don't know but probably not they probably would have still <laughs> and and realistically Shouldn't the shame be part of it? Shouldn't the yeah. individual shaming of the officers be an aspect too? Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not knocking out for many. Yeah, he had no, no. Right yeah, to no. I, I see what you're saying though. Could he have avoided any potential for them to have legal comeback on them? Now, mm -hmm. I do like what you said. Streisand effect here. I, I think the cops are doing themselves a disservice. They're going to draw a hell of a lot more attention to it. Um, I would love to see the court have one finding of two words fuck off that would be great that would be great i don't anticipate that but it would be really neat. <laughs> yeah. i'm afraid regarding, of one thing regarding the Tyson effect i have not seen the video but now i'm interested you know exactly <laughs> so exactly. it's one more view <laughs> See? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We can have some cross pollination between Linus Tech Tips and Afro Man. I think that'd be really <laughs> awesome. It's an all YouTube episode today, folks. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one thing that I am afraid of. The courts have historically had this really weird dichotomy where they separate, for First Amendment purposes, speech and commercial speech, mm. which I find absolutely ludicrous and, and not ludicrous the singer like i know we're talking about afro man but ludicrous in concept uh ludicrous the adjective um uh, i find it ridiculous that oh wait is there a singer named ridiculous i just find it crazy that <laughs> you that speech is somehow uh differentiated between you and i talking and us talking and asking for sponsorship online through buy me a coffee right Right. Because we raise money, our speech is treated differently by the courts. Now, 
if the police and I, I haven't read the actual uh, filings yet. I haven't read the suit itself. But if the police are claiming that Afro Man is making money off of their likeness, then it is possible that they could try to sue him for part of the royalties, for part of the revenue that he's been generating. And I'm right. really hoping the court does not go down that road. That I would not like that. That would be. Yeah, but there's also precedent with regard to that. If you think about photographers and, and their subjects, the photographers own the, uh, the, the, the rights to um, uh, photographs or prints or things like that. So it, the, the, the subject, you know, is, is not entitled it's... to. It depends. And that's where the okay. concept of likeness rights originated. And this oh, is yeah, this yeah, is yeah. this is about 100, 120 years ago. There was a photographer taking a picture of a guy on a bench, I think at a sporting event, black and white photographer, you know, old style camera. It was a great picture. The guy was in public, so it was legit to take a picture of the guy. But then the photographer sold the photo to be used in an advertising campaign for soap in newspapers, mm -hmm. you know, dish soap. Okay. And now that guy is being associated with dish soap in newspapers, and there's revenue being generated for the photographer, for the um, the marketing company that sold the ad to the newspaper, to the newspaper for getting ad revenue, and for uh, the dish soap manufacturer who's selling more dish soap because this ad is in the newspaper. Who didn't make any money? The guy sitting on the bench whose image ends up in the newspaper, and the court said, that person has a right to their own likeness in a commercial venue, and therefore, you have to give him something or get his permission to waive his rights. So, that, I, I kind of see where that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that being a thing, also, especially if, if this uh, generates hundreds or you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for Afro Man, then yeah, <laughs> definitely they're going to come looking for their piece of it. Uh, yeah. Let's now I'm I'm interested to see how the court comes down. Yeah. These cops were not random dudes sitting on a bench in public, unaware that they may be uh, photographed. Right. Right. These were people acting in a, as you said, in a professional capacity, entering somebody else's property forcefully, mm -hmm. and um, fully aware that they could be photographed, and that this is Afroman, an entertainer who broadcasts and makes content. Um, so I'd be very interested to see what the courts say about that. Now, I don't think that's how the lawsuit went. The, the lawsuit's more about um, harm, professional harm and, and character harm. So because uh, other law enforcement officers at the neighboring cities and towns are pointing at them and making fun of them for, <laughs> for eating his cupcakes. Whenever they go out to lunch, they say, how was the pound cake, Doug? <laughs> uh... All right. All right, Rafti, what do you got? You said you got another story for us. Do tell. Exactly. It's from, it it's from last story? week. No, but it's an online video story. So oh, I good. Oh, good. It's in our wheelhouse have, Yeah. I thought you would have heard of it. You, Pornhub got sold and bought by somebody else last, last week. Oh. Are they no longer Canadian? Uh, I think they now are. I don't know. MindGeek was Canadian. I thought it was UK. Okay, so the ECP, the EC, the Ethical Capital Partners bought MindGeek last week. I think it was the 15th of March. 
And um, the reason being another great topic we like talking about. Um, apparently, the financial struggle, starting with the whole like Visa, Mastercard thing, where they said they're not gonna like allow their card payments. They haven't been able to get back on stable footing afterwards. Um, I was not aware of that, but apparently they had to delete a lot of videos um, and sort of like had only verified um, people on there. Um, and as far as I can tell, ECP says like this ethical capital partners, the, the new owners of MindGeek who own Pornhub, who own uh, a couple of other websites. Um, yeah, so they said they they will continue and sort of like improve on on this verification stuff and and so on yeah interesting no i had not heard that and you are correct this is a topic near and dear to my heart um <laughs> I, i'm i'm shocked that i was not made aware of this uh i love the name i love ethical capital partners i think that's <laughs> that's that's fascinating that's uh, a like private, a... private equity firm um yeah. I, I do hope they're Americans. I, I, I am of the belief that all porn should be run by America because we're the only ones who really do it right. Uh, <laughs> Russian porn is just sad. It's just, it's just. Depressing. German porn is too brutal for you. What, who is? German porn. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched any, to be honest. Oh, uh, it's but, always uh, the joke uh, is how, uh, you know, how dispassionate they are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rafi, uh, how, how Rafi will have to fill us in. Rafi, <laughs> uh, that's where a lot of the leather fetishes, the uh, uh, the the dominatrixes, and stuff Ooh, like that. That's uh, good stuff. Yeah, lots of yeah. German German porn was always a joke, even back in like the eighties. I remember, you know, hearing about how. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Where it's it's more uh, outre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they oh, well, anyways, I won't get into it. <laughs> okay, all right. So, <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, now, my question is, if the purge that was caused by the credit card companies, which was caused by the American government putting influence on the credit card companies, if the purge lessened Pornhub's ability to compete with other providers and generate revenue, what makes ethical capital partners think that this is a profitable venture or that what they paid is going to be? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's maybe, fascinating to me. Maybe they doubled down on all the non-porn stuff that's already on Pornhub, you know, <laughs> like the, the, the calculus teacher. Maybe. Exactly. And how about essential sounds of like InfoSec being on there as well? Who knows, you know? Yeah, if we had a video component, I would definitely use Pornhub. I, I think that would be great. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. I suggested hosting that stuff there. Um, I, I suggested that to Robin when we were first setting up the, the podcast um, because it's free. There, mm -hmm. There is no fee associated with it. There's um, and their their censorship, their their user uh, guidelines are a lot more relaxed than YouTube or some of the other video hosts that we were examining. Yeah, um, the, but we ended uh, up going was, audio only. So there was a scandal in Austria back in the day when one of the um, higher ups in one of our parties, uh, Austria has four parties, um, 
or five, I think, who who people can, are actually voting for. Uh, and like one of those uh, leaders of those um, was caught on film uh, telling a, uh, a young lady that he could sell one of our newspapers. And that video was like taken down from YouTube. And so it found a new home on Pornhub. Um, so that people were able to watch it. So this relaxed nature of Pornhub, I don't know if it's still a thing, uh, but this relaxed relaxed nature, of course, helps in regards to material where politicians usually are against having it online. And I don't know if the how, how powerful the Austrian government is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, they were I, able I, to I get it down from YouTube. So now I'm now I'm curious. He said that he could sell a newspaper. Why was that politically? dicey why was that a troublesome thing to say free press <laughs> like <laughs> the, the newspaper is supposed to not be like uh part of the government anyway and it's just like he was not he was not the owner it's and i like i personally took it as some guy saying stupid stuff to a woman to impress her that's how i took it but oh, like, we so he, he, he wasn't saying if I had a newspaper route, I could sell lots of newspapers. I, I, I'm confused. You're saying that no, 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 that the like state-run media newspaper outlet. It's not state-run. It's not state-run, but it's like, and he was saying, but yes, a news media outlet, okay. and selling a news me media outlet to, to um, her, like I don't know if it would have be her parents. This has been years ago. I'm sorry. I should have prepared if I bring oh, this no, up. No, 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 that's like... okay. Okay. All right. I, I understand. Okay. I was just curious. And then now... No, no, no. Yeah. But it's just like a guy trying to impress somebody and um, yeah, saying stupid stuff. And because that video was like deemed not fit for YouTube, it was taken down and it found a home on Pornhub. And Good. Yeah. Good. Any, <laughs> any politician who does anything stupid, whether it's in their personal life or in their professional capacity, we should mock the shit out of them. And and good for <laughs> Pornhub. For Look at this, Look at this. I didn't realize MindGeek not only owns Pornhub, but YouPorn, RedTube, Browsers. Holy cow. It's wow. a conglomerate. They're a, they're a powerhouse. One yeah, yeah no, they, they have, and they have a significant amount of internet traffic, like <laughs> a number somewhere, but it's double digits yeah. um, each day. Well, yeah, as, as, as we all know, as as geeks and nerds, uh, all the early adopters of new technologies is all done to <laughs> enhance our our intake of pornography. Yep. <laughs> That's the yep. reason that, uh, you know, phones were getting so much smaller and smaller until all of a sudden the iPhone came out. And then everybody was about the phone being bigger and bigger because everybody wanted to watch porn on their phone. <laughs> ECP was created in 2022. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And there's no other real information about them, even on their own website. I mean, we see their their team of leaders. We see who's in charge of it. But it doesn't say even what country they belong to. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just our diverse backgrounds, our proactive approach, our legal expertise. Yeah, that's not you. They're, they're saying nothing. They say nothing. <laughs> interesting i'd like to see where this goes I'd it's be one very 13 year old in his mom's basement <laughs> very possible yeah. well rafty thank you for bringing that to our attention i'd be interested to see what occurs um 
You know what I may do because there's no information about ethical capital partners. I may reach out to them and see if they want to come on the podcast there and talk go. about uh, the mind geek acquisition. Do. Please Wouldn't do. that be that'd be a really good uh, guest to have? Right? That would be that'd absolutely be like real real journalism for once. <laughs> oh, Peshaw, Peshaw, and fiddlesticks. I, I was a newspaper man way back, man, uh -huh. and believe me, this is realer journalism than any of that was. <laughs> uh, so um, right. I know we're, we're kind of winding down. D did you want to bring up the uh, the USB drive that was explosive that was uh, uh, in Ecuador? Yeah, I'm, see, I'm even skeptical of this whole story. But yeah, um, yeah l uh, Matt, do you want to go ahead and do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, I mean the, the 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 details are very sketchy, and and the journalism regarding it is all very sketchy. And I don't think that any of it makes any sense at all. But supposedly, some journalists, uh, multiple journalists in Ecuador, I believe that was the country yeah. in South yeah. America or Central America. Um, I don't know my South geography. America. Okay, I thought it was South American. I was doubting myself. Yeah, yeah, I like how you covered your bases. <laughs> you can just say Latin America. You know. uh, some journalists got envelopes that contained uh, what appeared to be USB drives. Um, and again, this happened with multiple journalists, and at least one journalist opened the USB drive. The article said that it exploded when the envelope was opened, or or it gave that that impression. But then it, it goes on to say that, no, the, the explosion was actually when the journalist uh, put the USB drive in his laptop or in his computer and then plugged the it into the yeah, computer. Yeah, put it into the USB drive and then the voltage uh, triggered the explosion. And apparently it was an actual explosive, uh, uh, you know, a charge that was that was rigged to go off when it got plugged into a computer. Um, apparently no major injuries, but some minor injuries. And of course, I'm sure the computer probably is fried and stuff like that. Anyways, like I said, details are super sketchy. Uh, ben had sent the article. I'd read a separate article and, uh, yeah, lots of people doing weird stuff with USB drives. I don't know how effective that seems like a one shot deal. Once you do it once you, you're not, you're, and not just because it explodes, but because, all because sudden, everybody becomes a lot more aware of it. Right. People right. are a lot more skeptical about putting random drives into their uh, right. machine. Right. And, and, you know, it's been known for a long time in IT circles that there are USB drives that are designed to, uh, through voltage, kill your computer. Not through explosives, but they just, you know, draw so much of a load uh, when, uh, when you plug it in that it'll, it'll basically melt your motherboard and stuff like that. Those have been around for a long time. But this is the first time I've ever heard of actual explosives. So, anyways, don't know if I, there's any... It's not the first time I've heard of it because I recently rewatched the Bridget Fonda seminal classic Point of No Return the other night, and in the culminating scene, she she sticks a uh, it's it's not in a USB drive because this was pre USB days. This was movie made was nineteen ninety three. She inserts it into the Macintosh disk drive, the external disk drive slot. And then the the colored lights go deet deet deet, and it boom blows up. It's very cool. I loved it. An explosive floppy disk. <laughs> one one of the one of the sexier parts of a very sexy movie. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not going to link to the article I read because it was so poorly written. It seemed very poorly sourced. It seemed like the BBC writer was just relying on reports they had read from another writer in Ecuador without any good detail in it. I'd like to wait a little bit, a few minutes. I'll, I'll do a little bit more research. If we find a good link, I'll link to that. Okay. If yeah. not, That's just fair. suffice it to say, um, it's an interesting thought concept 
for delivery of really evil payloads. Um, but I'm not so sure it's all that realistic. I'm not so sure it's happening on any widespread basis. I don't think it's anything we need to be alarmed about as a public at large. Um, and if you're a journalist in Ecuador, you should be pretty concerned about all the different ways people want to take your life. And attacking you via USB is is pretty far down on the list. If you're um, a journalist in Ecuador, hand your USB drives to your IT guy and have them <laughs> plug him in. Have, have, have that person plug them in before you plug it into your own computer. <laughs> yep. Good call. Very I have a bunch of IT call. guys missing fingers in Ecuador all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> That's cruel. That's very cruel. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, that was a weird one. And and I don't even know how much veracity there is to the story. Uh, I, I, the thing that really makes me skeptical more than anything else, if it happened in a newsroom and there was fire involved and there's no photos, that doesn't sound real to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. you know, that's something they know get a lot of clicks. Uh, so, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Um, no, very good. Um, anything else? Any any other housekeeping or any announcements you all want to make? I've got nothing. It's just business as usual out here in Kentucky. Thankfully, uh, hopefully I'm getting a new roof after the big windstorm that, that kept us off the podcast for the uh, the Sam uh, Mulford uh, uh, interview that you, that you did. I'm sorry I, I missed that, but uh, yeah, everything's going good. Joey's out today. He was out rescuing a, a computer a server that had failed and he actually just texted while we were recording saying that he got it back up um and so congratulations joey you get a gold star for today <laughs> no gold star that's your damn job joey <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna praise you for doing the absolute <laughs> minimum successful effort that you should be doing oh but it did draw him away he, he he called me about 20 minutes before we were recording and said i gotta go fix this you know get this server back online I said, ah, you can you, you can wait an hour while we record the podcast. And he goes, no, that's what your, you would say. Your customer can go without a server for another hour. No, no, we're not going to praise you, but Joey, we do miss you, and we do yeah. want you back next week. So that that's a good thing, and and uh, have a good weekend. Um, uh, one other uh, bit uh, announcement that I'll throw out there. Um, want to remind everybody, Wanabia is having a. Uh, online CCSP class at the end of April, taught by me. Oh. And um, uh, there's a 25% discount on the price of the class for anyone who goes and registers for the Wanna Practice app. Um, we're celebrating Wanna Practice and its success and um, how much happiness all the users seem to be having with it. Um, so, uh, go check out the website. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, you'll see instructions on how to get your discount, how to register. And I look forward to seeing lots of folks in class in uh, the end of April. Yeah. And uh, Ben is known to to sometimes have me in, in his classes. <laughs> so sometimes unbidden. He just shows up. He drunkenly swaggers and he kicks the door open. I get Afroman to write a song about it. And Matt comes in and he eats our pound cake and he just blathers on about forensics. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you want to learn about uh, the forensics portion of CCSP, sometimes uh, we'll see if Ben actually invites me. If he doesn't invite me, then I won't be there. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sometimes he invites me though, and I and I do show up for uh, for parts of the class. Not true. That is not a limb fact. You show up uninvited all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, until next week, I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Russell Fiedler. Join us again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. And that's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel WannaBeACISSP. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at BenMaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.